Hey everybody, my name is Lance Johnson. I'm one of the coaches here at Agency Hacker. And I'm here today with Mikhail Atanosov from Prague's Agency. Mikhail, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lance. Hi, everyone. It's really exciting to have you. You are our first Bulgarian guest. We're getting a pretty international presence where we've had a Panamanian guest. Oh, goodness. Oh, a Filipino guest. Jamaican guest, but first Bulgarian to grace our, our show today. It's my pleasure. <laughs> so, Mikhail, tell us a little bit about uh, Prog's agency. Yeah, of course. So, basically, Prog's is an email marketing agency in the e-commerce niche. Now, at this point, we've existed for around three or four years uh, and we've done quite a lot. Um, I started it as a freelancer initially. I was doing it all by myself. Uh, eventually things grew. I started uh, hiring people and we grew to the level we are at now. That's exciting. And so for email marketing, right, you guys help mainly e-commerce. Is there anything special or different about what you all do? What do you guys bring to an e-commerce owner? Our core idea is to bring a solution that um, basically ensures strong retention for the, for the for the clients. Basically, building a system that they can rely on to uh, to get sales even when they're off season uh, and when Facebook and other acquisition channels are lagging behind. This mm. is our core idea. I was thinking about it as I was prepping for the show because I know a company that they're probably over a hundred million dollars in revenue now and a huge percentage of their profit came from their email marketing, right? Where it's like you acquire the customer on the front end and that's great, but the profit really came from the back end, the email marketing, text message marketing. Yeah. Uh, the, like you said, the really cool thing about the sales from email marketing is uh, that you don't have a, uh, you don't have a cost per acquisition, right? So if you, if with Facebook ads, you would have uh, uh, some stores would have like a 20 to 30 bucks cost per acquisition. With email, you don't have budget. You pay your monthly plan to Clavio or whatever email marketing platform you're using. And uh, yeah, it's not taking away from your profit. Yeah. Now, we've now, and some businesses are able to reach seeing between 30 and 40% of contribution from email marketing. Wow. Uh, but what's good to keep in mind, of course, is that sometimes, in many cases, there are overlapping sales uh, between like, Facebook and email. So, for example, somebody would come on the website uh, from Facebook, see a pop-up and enter the email, then they'd receive an email with a discount and buy from it, which is a mixed conversion. It would get attributed to the platform. But yeah that's cool and you mentioned you started as a freelancer was that a freelancer in email marketing or where did you start yeah so it was initially um like, like in between email marketing and copywriting um i was also actually doing um, facebook ads uh, in partnership with another agency called marketemics which oh. i still actually do uh, but yeah our our agency is mostly focused on email and initially it was just me trying all these different things until eventually I found a niche. I found that uh, Clavio 
working with uh, e-commerce stores on Clavio has had its highest potential. And uh, yeah, that's when things started to get on track, so to say. Yeah, it feels like there's a, an interesting inflection point for most agencies where they start and you're trying to get any client you can, right? It's like, hey, if you'll pay, then you're a good client for me. And then, then you just you usually stumble across a niche and see like, this is going to be the best one for us. Um, how did you get into marketing in general? Did you start in university? Did you start in high school? Like, What was, what was your journey there? It's an interesting question. So I started actually my free and my freelance career back in high school. Um, I was at like 11th grade. Um, and at that age, I was just, just already fascinated by the idea of working in marketing. I would just see all these different brands and also observe how they helped me to buy their products. And this is what really inspired me to just the idea of building a brand that that gives people this special experience when it, uh, when it comes to buying its own product. And then eventually I started seeing all of these uh, webinars, videos from YouTube, you know, with the coaching programs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was initially like a guy who wanted, wanted to sell me like an Instagram course, which yeah. I didn't buy because I could not afford it. Uh, but <laughs> actually, that's where I started so that's where my interest also in email marketing also started i saw a webinar um, that was uh, selling this course for uh, that was uh, for doing email marketing for local businesses um and uh, i could so i could not afford it and then but i was still inspired by the idea of doing email marketing this is something cool so you can grow big with this thing uh, and then i saw like a more like maybe academic, I would call it, acad- I would call it academic, not so um, commercialized, you know, not the guru type course, but just like an academy type course, like digitalmarketer.com. Um, I saw it from a Russian academy that it was a whole course for digital marketing. Then they had this email marketing module. And yeah, because of it, I bought the course. It was cheaper. And basically that's where everything started. And at this time, I started reading. A lot of books about uh, about the philosophy of working hard and also marketing, of course, which uh, gave me a good start, I'd say. That's cool. It's really funny because I had a similar experience when I got into copywriting, where I think I bought a $27 ebook. It was like how to get your first client in two weeks. And I like, wrote my little statement. It was Ryan Healy was the guy's name. And... Uh, I couldn't, I saw this other course that was like 500 bucks and that's what I really wanted, but I made a deal with myself. I couldn't afford it. Right. So I was like, well, if I can, if I can get my first client, like I might not know how to copyright very much right now, but if I can land my first client, then I'll buy the copywriting course from it. And, uh, that's praise God. I got the client and, <laughs> Uh, about the course and so it was it was a funny thing to it's cool to hear somebody else that had a similar experience where you're like well i can't afford the expensive course i'll I'll start with the cheap one and now you can afford whatever course you want (laughs) yeah yeah it's um when you look at it from a macro perspective it's uh it's really it's cool to see the progress because you know first you start with um 
with a hundred dollar course or a five hundred dollar one, then a couple of years later you would be on another level and buy a program that like five thousand or ten thousand. Yeah, for yeah. business growth. Yeah, and I feel like the sometimes at the beginning, and this isn't guaranteed, but it's like mastering everything that the five thousand or ten thousand dollar course offers. Um, it doesn't always work at the beginning, right? Where it's like you sometimes need, you just need the beginner stuff because you're a beginner. And so the $27 course, you're like, oh, I learned a lot. And if I don't use a $27 course, I don't know. I don't know. Some people do, if they spend more money on it, they'll use it. They're more likely to use it. But yeah. Yeah, I think at the start, it's uh, really the right thing to go through that experience. And also you mentioned uh, the experience of like taking all of the, these different clients for in the different niches for whom you do the different services i think at the very start it's uh still good to try it out if you have the time if you can afford yeah. it because well that way you just learn and you're able to pick what will suit you best at the end that's a great way to put it too is like niching early can be a bad idea because you don't know what you like and what you don't like and it's interesting because I, I started off in copywriting and then I realized I, I like some parts of copywriting, but some parts of direct response, especially I was like, Oh, this is too, too hard sales for me. Right. Like I didn't, I liked how it works videos. It was like, here's how it works. Like, like the unique mechanism coming up with the mechanism or explaining a mechanism, but I niched too early. Right. And I ended up having to find other things that were better fit. Overall, just uh, all you've got to do is go for it. You see an opportunity, especially at the start. Yeah. Go for it. And I remember sometimes I would, at the start, I would sometimes take projects where I didn't know how to actually do the work. Yeah. But I knew I knew how to, I would learn how to do it. So I did it. And I remember my first project ever that I started as a freelancer. It was like a guy from Fiverr. Uh, it was a cleaning company, company in Hawaii. They wanted me to do like a base uh, an essential autom- automation structure for a cleaning company which i didn't know how to do <laughs> and it was super hard they put the they, it was the project for like was for like 150 bucks um and uh, it took me three weeks of working very hard every day because back in those days like an email would take me one or two days to complete because wow. you were you just overthink everything it was super hard but when I look back at it nowadays, like it was worth it. Like I did, uh, yeah. I did learn a lot. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's so much value. I had a similar thing where I, my first project, I was, I did a sales letter and I wrote the book, the, the, like the ebook that they were offering, because I was in the military and it was a book about survival. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I can write the book. And I did it for like five thousand dollars with a guarantee. The money was in escrow, and it was like, if it doesn't do better, then this affiliate traffic, then you don't have to pay me. And I mean, I spent, I don't know, a hundred hours easy on the whole thing, which like, it's just, uh, it paid off, but maybe, maybe even more than hundred. It was probably like two months. So yeah, 160, 200 hours, like a lot of time. How old were you? I was 19. I think it was 19. Yeah. I'm 33 now. Let's see. Yeah. I think it was, it was a good while ago. But I just figured, try, yes. like, I, I just totally agree with the idea of like, get your first client, get moving on it, and then you'll figure out stuff and you just learn as you go. 
And so what drew you to email marketing? Why was email marketing the right problem for you? It's a good question. Um, so as I said, I had I saw this course uh, by a guy. He's his name is Jason Capito. Uh, you okay. might have heard of him. Uh, he's like the typical make uh, make four figures at this age guru uh, who basically sold me on the idea of doing email marketing, and that's where like I decided I want to try it uh, to just go into that niche and. As I started, and uh, eventually, I, I was I was first working on Mailchimp, then transitioned on Klaviyo. Um, I just figured out that I really like this stuff, and it not only I like it as like the type of task you're doing, uh, but it's also a good service. It will especially at that time. It was also a good service to offer for us because it was not as competitive as it is now. Sure. And as competitive as social media was back at back well, back then, yeah, uh, it still is, of course. Um, and second, because uh, it's email marketing, and you don't have, um, you know, you're not spending the client's budgets like you do with Facebook ads. So it's much of it's much in a way it's safer for you and the client to do that. Simply because there's less risk involved. Now that doesn't mean, of course, there's no uh, good skill. There's no skill, uh, or that's uh, you know everybody can simply do it and uh, make it work very well from the first try. But uh, it's still you know it's an advantage of of offering the service. Yeah, you hit on something that I feel like a lot of people are experiencing in whatever industry, right? For like video marketing, like we do we found that there's a million competitors, right? There's people on Fiverr that do what we do, on Upwork that we do what we do, but we charge, I don't know, you can get a video for 500 bucks. We charge 50,000 to 200,000, right? So I guess maybe as low as 30,000, but generally like 50,000 or above. And people, like, how do you deal with knowing there's other people in the space that would charge less than you all charge? And you know, and still win those deals. What's your strategy? Um, here, it's a, it's a common advice, which is actually very applicable. And I totally agree with it. You got to make sure you're offering, uh, you're offering greater value than the other providers that offer the same service for a lower price. Uh, you want to make sure that, you know, when they pay you more, you actually offer like a greater impact, a greater customer experience, and uh, also just do everything, do everything better. I would say, accept the fact there uh, there are guys offering the same thing cheaper as you, and uh, do what it takes to make it make your service worth more. Yeah, I I think you're right on that because what I figured is we we're going to just be able to spend more time. And we've actually had uh, people that became clients who went with a much cheaper studio, even like, you know, based in the same country. Um, but there we go with a much cheaper studio. And the problem is if you're going with a volume play, then you have to minimize contact with customers because you just don't have time to talk to them. And for us, we like, you get, a lot of a lot of calls with us or something and so and there's more time spent testing the idea or like checking on the idea and things 
Yeah, that's also very important. You gotta you can focus on, like you said, quality and not quantity. You just yeah. have left fewer clients paying you more, uh, but then you focus on the projects more as well and really do your best to offer a tailored solution, not something that's standardized. I see many other agencies do this, especially the larger ones. Like they would take, they would take one structure. You know, in email marketing in particular, they would take one structure which is always the same. You know, it's uh, which is it, it it is applicable for every commerce business, but you know, in every niche for every product, you can do something that's more personalized to for that client's audience. Um, and uh, do a better job, a better job that way. So, yeah. I would say just dive deep into your customer's characteristics and needs to offer a tailored solution. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And so, like, oh, uh, excuse me. <laughs> so, if you are thinking about your business, you've come quite a ways, right, of getting that moving from freelancer who takes on anything to someone who's like, you see a good course, you're like, I'm going to specialize to now. You probably teach an email marketing course and charge the same that the other guy's charging or something. But what um, what's your next step, right? Because I think we're all, as business owners, oftentimes we're like, okay, here's where I'm at now. I, I like it. I'm grateful for the progress. And there's something I want to grow toward. What's that next step? Yeah, when it comes to the progs goals, now, of course, our... First, uh, the first one is, uh, if I have to be specific, it's right now to triple triple our monthly revenue and expand the team to to, to ten people. Uh-huh. Um, that's uh, that's what I would say on if even if I would have to be specific. But I want to think more on a general level, and you know, instead of focus on these little things, oh, how can I get. Uh, like a thousand more from this plan or from that plan in particular. Just think about how can how can we make a greater how can I make a greater impact both on both on our clients and uh, and the company's employees. Just how can you become better at what you do, not only in email marketing, but in general how you how do you deal with everything as a leader as an as an as an entrepreneur yeah no that makes sense so if you're going to think around not so much the revenue goal but i think we all have a problem that we're trying to solve and we're like okay this is this is the one that keeps me up at night or maybe you know i dream about doesn't keep you up but it, (laughs) it comes up frequently what what's your current one is it like we're trying to generate more leads we're trying to increase the customer value we're trying to get better case studies like what constraint do you feel like is holding back progs right now yeah so um a pretty good something that's feel something that's already solid with progs at this point uh, i believe the the execution team has reached a very good level of skill and at this point they're re- able to handle everything with a very uh, in a very good way and like we've, I've had, we've had projects where they I will just hand hand it to the to the team and they will do awesome and bring an actual results without without me actually participating. That's uh, great. Largely That's in big. the project, 
what's a what's a bottleneck kind of thing it's a very common one for a lot of agencies is of course our i would say at this point it's still our sales and lead generation um it's uh basically a few we have the capacity to handle clients um we just need to fulfill that capacity and so uh, yeah. i'm currently developing a lead generation system uh, with uh with all the sheets with all the linkedin sales navigators uh you've likely heard of all that um but yeah i would say uh the main thing to work uh, on the, to work on right now would be our acquisition we are getting a good amount of clients from referrals at this point already but uh i don't think i don't believe this is something that we should rely on because uh, you know sometimes you would have, you could get 10 referrals in one month in other yeah. in other periods you would stay you, you can you know they will uh, it's not something reliable that you can expect at all times yeah i'm with you i i think of referrals as like bonuses where if we get a referral great but and we'll ask for them but it's bonus revenue rather than like oh this is revenue i'm gonna bank into projections or something what's in for your agency what's the average uh client value in like the first year yeah so uh you mean monetary value yeah yeah so it depends because we have uh, different type of clients including ongoing ones uh, which were who work with us on an ongoing basis month to month and uh, like one-time implementations where we would do abc and say goodbye with the client because uh, and they would continue on their own uh, but typically uh then if uh, if you calculate it on a yearly basis it will uh the typical ltv for for a year would be between 10 and twenty thousand. nice yeah it's interesting to see that a lot of people who are doing outbound it's like it's got to fall in the 10 to twenty thousand range or else it just doesn't it doesn't make sense numerically right like the conversion rates of email and LinkedIn are too low to really make it work. So, yeah. If you, if you offer a cheaper service, then it might be better to go into advertising from the very beginning and see yeah. how you can commoditize it more. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Of just like, <clears throat> Hey, we'll take advantage of the pricing and that's where your offer is driven around, which is a, a model that can work. Although I will say it's just so much more work. Uh, if you figure even for us a big thing that helped us we doubled our business in a year and our profits more than doubled when we just we're like we're going to take our prices and we're going to double them and the conversion rate didn't drop by half it dropped by maybe 15 percent and so you're like well you're going to lose some sales anyway because of price whatever your price is but it made so much more room in the ability to do other interesting marketing campaigns and you can spend more to acquire an appointment and acquire a customer. It was really helpful. Did you change then when you, when you've done this, did you change something about the service or the acquisition as well? The acquisition meaning like the way that we reached out to prospects to book appointments or something? Yeah. No, it was just, uh, was like, well, here's the, updated pricing right like we everybody increases their prices periodically we had stronger case studies i think that a lot of times the psychological benefits get overlooked and uh, well i will say what we did was we started doing almost all outbound 
and then we did we targeted larger companies and so we targeted people that we knew had the ability to pay um so that was that was a big step right because if you look at i don't know how many e-commerce companies there are but for us there if we're targeting enterprise marketing folks there's like 300,000 to 500,000 and so you can't send out 100,000 cold emails a month or something right like you've got less people and the math just didn't work it was like if we want to be a mid seven figures to eight figure agency we've got to charge more because we can't get enough clients at those those revenue levels right like it just it's mathematically not going to happen with cold outreach so. i think you can then when you do this uh, you can also you also need to focus on like the product presentation more to really make it make make it look like a product that's worth like way more than it originally did well the interesting thing is a lot of you know clients aren't coming they're not comparing to what our old prices were and then like here's your new prices especially with outbound for some of these things they they weren't they we were competing against the status quo or we still compete against the status quo more than we compete against like another agency and so i think it actually helped close some deals because they felt like it was more trustworthy right if you if you approach a nine figure brand and you offer them a 2k a month service they're going to be highly skeptical they're like these people are not even in the right ballpark like they clearly don't have experience with brands like us and because they kind of the director of marketing already has an idea of how much a project like this should cost and it's you know it's in the like five thousand ten thousand fifteen thousand dollar a month range depending on maybe fifty thousand depending on how big your stuff is and so i think lining up with that was was surprisingly helpful so one question is what you know you've learned a lot you mentioned a lot of resources what are the ways that you learn as an agency owner when you're saying okay i'm ready to level up my leadership ready to level up our processes how do you learn in general that's a very good question nowadays i believe uh like no first of course first of all you have the experience itself of just uh, the you go you are going through all these different challenges and yeah. you're looking for ways to solve them and you learn from that so it's normal you learn by experience but then <clears throat> if you only do that so now of course you can expect that you will progress much slower um and i believe what largely helped me really make a difference to uh, from make a difference now and get to the level we are at now in comparison to where i was years ago as a freelancer was uh, mentors um, now i mentioned that uh, i work also partner with a company called marketemics that uh, they they are a facebook advertising agency um, and uh, their founder victor stoilov um, i've been actually working from him since like i think after, right after i graduated that initial course i took yeah <laughs> um i met him uh, and um always wanted to uh, and basically i would he would give me all these different tasks to help his agency um and i would learn a lot from that and because uh, he's so much he's much more experienced than i am and uh, uh you know even t today as well when like when i have a certain 
want to have a certain case in the agency, I can talk to him about it. So he could share some very valuable insight on how to proceed. Now, today I'm also, now I'm also in, uh, in another, in a mentorship program of uh, the guys, uh, the guys called Tim Kilroy. It's basically a tailored coaching for agencies where, you know, he gives you all the, all the stuff that you need at your moment, depending on what challenge you're facing right now. And yeah, so I would say mentorships definitely something that's super important or, and mentorships on, I would say also environment, just the people who are around you, um, when they're in the same, in the same industry or a similar one, you know, you're able to share, you're able to to share things you've learned. On the sub, even sometimes you might not be able to, to like see it instantly, like what you're learning on a daily basis, but subconsciously, like on a macro level, you are just growing by being in those environments for a long yeah. time. No, that's a great way to put it, and it's hilarious that you worked that you are mentored by Tim Kilroy because he was one of our early guests on the show. So I'm going to have to send him a message. Tell him, yeah, great job in helping Mikhail succeed so he could come on the show. <laughs> That's super fun. I feel like that last point is the most interesting one and in, one that's taken me a long time to learn is like the benefits aren't immediately legible sometimes of talking to other people in my industry or I don't know. The conversations, I, I might not see instant results from that. I'm part of a group called Entrepreneurs Organization. And it's like, sometimes it feels like you go to a meeting, you don't really get anything, right? It's just, it's okay, but you don't get much. And then other other times, like six months later, you think of something that person said, and you're like, ah, oh, I could definitely use this. Um, so that's that's very wise, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes you just get super inspired and motivated to to push forward. I remember this spring I went to Clavio's um, Clavio's uh, partner event in London, and uh, you know as we are still we are at the moment we are a gold partner, and uh, you know it's most of the agency there were platinum partners, so that means nice. of course they were on a higher level than, than us. And I remember just how, and I, it still impacts me how how I felt after that because I was I was actually like the smallest in that room on that one of the smallest on in that in that on that event. Um so I would say so that is something that made an impact. So yeah. I yeah. really yeah. appreciate. That's really neat. It's and I feel like you know the smallest people sometimes when I'm in a room where my business isn't one of the smaller ones, but I think, oh, that person's going to have a bigger business in a couple of years, right? Where you just like see some people and you go, oh, they're they're doing good things to grow, and it's crazy to see how the dynamic can change. Where like you know, teacher becomes student, student becomes teacher. Yeah. Sometimes you know, it's also very useful because it helps you affirm something that you know but you're not sure about. Talk to, to about it to people who are better than you and uh, are who've reached like whose whose agency is uh, bigger. Um, it just and some you know you would hear this and you start uh, start applying a certain lesson for your agency while being hesitant. But then after talking to this other person, 
you would see that they're doing the exact same thing and also it would you know make you calm and make believe make you know that you are doing the right thing yeah that's a great point and you know speaking of things for other agency owners what kinds of advice or counsel would you give to other agency owners maybe they're bigger than you smaller than you starting what piece of advice would you give yeah so i would say definitely stay open-minded at all times because uh, and uh, you know always avoid getting too comfortable and arrogant about 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 yourself because lots i would know a lot of people and i have some friends who like they'll reach this level that's you know you can't call it a great business but it's a level where they can already live a good life especially in a cheaper country um and uh you know it would just make them make them make them not progress at that point and also i know repel some some people away from their clients friends um so you know was, i would say definitely when you start seeing some results when you start you know when you realize oh shit, you know, i can uh, i can make something great out of this like definitely keep looking towards the next step and like don't get too confident and comfortable with what what level you reached. Yeah, it's so easy to get complacent or feel like I think sometimes it's just we desire certainty. As uh, as any human, we desire certainty, and there's a level of like hope and certainty. But the problem is that I feel like when we get complacent like that, things are changing whether we realize it or not. Yeah. And now we're just out of touch with those changes and we don't realize we're being left behind. Yeah, exactly. And another thing uh, that you know I've been thinking a lot about lately is, uh, you know, just as an entrepreneur, just keep thinking on how to always give and not just get mm. and get and get. Because, uh, you know, sometimes you would... When, for example, when going through the invoices, you would think, okay, how can I collect a bit more or how can I charge like 100, 200 more, which is, sure. which is nothing, of course. And, or just get super, uh, super worried about this small client that's, uh, that's, you know, that's, you're not sending the biggest invoice to, but that's still a client. And just focus on these little things on how to get more on, and then on the other side, like stop, uh, stop some $10, $50 subscriptions that might not be useful at the moment, but, you know, there's still like tools you can use. Um, you, they would just, you would just start thinking about all these little things, how to get more, a bit more. You know, instead, uh, you know, I found that using the perspective of, okay, how can I generally become more impactful um, mm. and uh, make my clients, my employees, my partners, uh, feel better about uh, themselves and bring better results. It's a perspective that helps you way more succeed, especially long term. For short term, you might find yourself spending more. Uh, you might find uh, find your profits uh, a bit less than you want them to be. But I would say long term, definitely, uh, it it is the right thing. Uh, it is the right perspective to take if you wanna if you are in here for for if you're in here for the long run. Very wise. Yeah. Cause it's like, 
at the end, we're going to really get paid based off of the value that we create. And so the getting paid more is a function of creating more value and not a function of figuring out how to charge more, right? Because, yeah, yeah it just isn't. Yeah, we're sending a message to the client. They want this extra $400 more. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just make the service better. Yeah. Yeah. Or I or like think of what things that don't change the service add a benefit to the client of like, all right, maybe the service is here, but how what things like even little things like reporting or um, the pro- onboarding process, or just the feeling of confidence. I think that's probably what people are willing to pay the most for in my experience, is like confidence that you can solve the problem or you can get the result. Maybe you don't do anything differently, but if you can help them be more confident, it takes off a big cognitive load. You just don't have to worry about it. You don't have to think about it. Yeah, exactly. And then I'll also add, Think, you can also think on the other side, on the fulfillment side and employee side. Like, how can I make these people happier with their with their job at our company? Like, because um, some sometimes you could just see that okay, things are working well, and okay, let's just let 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 them do whatever they do, uh, and just do the same thing. But you can think about okay, how can I give them additional benefits? If how can I make them better in what they do? How can I give them additional knowledge that will make their creative thinking better? Like for example, I found for example now I want to I want our employees to also get get into the e-commerce space more and go beyond email because a lot of them for example have been trained and coached on how to do specifically email marketing in particular. And, uh, you know, it's good, but it's even better if they are well aware about how Facebook works, how Shopify stores are built, Yeah, about all of that. No, that's good advice. Well, Mikhail, this has been great. If people wanted to get in touch with Prologs Agency and maybe partner with you all or just learn more about your services, how would they do that? Yeah, uh, so... Um, they can reach me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm spending a lot of time, a lot of time uh, there lately, um, and uh, also you can send us an email. It's uh, at office at progs.agency. Um, and yeah, every, I've uh, spent quite a lot of time on those two. Nice. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a joy to hear a little bit about your journey, about that process of finding the right niche, and about your open mindset and the ways that you work. So it was a joy to have you. Thank you, Lance. It was my pleasure. And for all the other agency owners out there, uh, if you are looking for help growing your agency, agencyhacker.io is a place where, you know, we we don't have the one method that's going to cure every problem in your business. We don't have the foolproof, guaranteed, couldn't fail system. But we know what it takes to go from zero to three million and remove yourself, make it a more autopilot business in the process. Um, so if you want to get some help, uh, come on by, schedule a call, agencyhacker.io. Or if you'd like to come on the podcast and you're an attraction level agency, then uh, come on there. There's a um, come on the show link that you can click and we'd love to have you. This is Lance Johnson from Agency Hacker. Thanks for listening.